Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Modern creative teams are pulled in a thousand directions. Maintaining a functional project plan is hard. Wrangling designers and writers, copy edits and clients, all on deadline, can get messy fast. Most collaboration tools aren't made for creatives and creative projects, but Airtable is. Airtable makes it easy to organize stuff, people, ideas, anything you can imagine. That's why leading creative teams at places like Experience Design Agency Huge, Product Development Agency Planetary, and retail brand United Colors of Benetton use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule and let creative people be creative. Visit Airtable.com glossy today to get $50 in free credits. Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hilary Milnes, and with me this week is Lawrence Lenahan, the co-CEO of Resonance. Hi, Lawrence. Hi. Delighted to be here. Yeah, so so you're a co-CEO mm-hmm. and a co-founder. How did you start Resonance, and, and who, who did you start it with? Um, I, I, I joke that we got set up on a blind date by the mayor's office. Um, my partner is Joe Ferrara. Um, he's a longtime uh, garment center production expert extraordinaire mm-hmm. and um, we'd come at this the the fashion industry I, I came up from the technology side he came up from the production side and it's amazing that we met almost at exactly the same point when we were really thinking about how this industry is going to be changing and um, we met down at Baltazar for a 45 minute breakfast which ended up being about four and a half hours wow. um, we almost got run over as we were crossing 23rd Street charting out the future of you know the industry um, but it really was, it was so critical to be able to, you know, to think about how this industry can change. And by, at the core of it though, is beautiful, great product mm-hmm. and you have to be able to make things. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that I saw as, you know, as my background when I was a venture capitalist, that that skill was really missing. Mm-hmm. And so when we started Resonance and we'll talk more about what that is about, um, but you know, we needed that. And Joe is, is about the best in the world there. Right. So you decided to attack fashion from the perspective of how things are made and, and how designers actually produce their, their collections. Can you, yeah, just tell us a little we, bit about, we, we actually want, we, we are attacking every single element of this industry, uh-huh. um, except for one, which is creation. And what resonance does is if we're successful, we will create businesses that are as beautiful as the creative visions that drive them. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at this industry where it's become you know, driven by AI, driven by data, you know, driven by, you know, trend reports, you know, the like, the creator's out of it. And the creator's more and more removed from, you know, from, from, from his or her customer. Can we create a business that actually amplifies the creator, that enables them to compete as efficiently as Zara, not, not by making cheap shit, but by being able to make really, really beautiful, incredible product, but making it on a cycle that makes real sense. I mean, can you compete against data with creation and our our belief strongly is yes. We say compete. What do you mean? Everybody in this industry is competing. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're Chanel. You're competing against Zara in some way. Okay. What Zara's done is reset the, the 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 value you know the value curve. And um, with the internet, you get incredible transparency into value. And so people aren't going to pay if you're going to make a crappy product. 
that's okay if you, as long as you have a really low price. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a high price, you better have a really, really good product. And it goes all the way along that axis. So I think everybody in this industry is competing with everybody. And these creators, these aren't art projects. These are businesses. Mm-hmm. And so how can you create a business that celebrates their art? Mm-hmm. And so so you were you had this fateful meeting at, at Baltazar. Mm. What what did Resonance become? How do you just, what's your quickest elevator pitch? Quickest elevator pitch is that we enable every brand to run as efficiently and effectively as Zara. Mm-hmm. And so then that involves the supply chain, the manufacturing process, yeah. gathering fabrics, all of that. But then technology plays a role as well. Yeah, and imagine imagine, you know, imagine being able to dream of something tonight and having it on your customer's doorstep in, you know, within a week. Mm-hmm. Doesn't exist until now. Imagine making it where um, it's made ethically, transparently. Imagine a high quality product. Um, imagine being able to make one as efficiently as you can make a thousand. Imagine being a creator and not having to make a compromise on what materials you want because you've got to have minimums of production. You've got minimums in, in, in fabric buys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, imagine the kind of business that, you know, if, if I had an idea, why don't I just make it? I can make one. If it works, I'll make more. Right. Essentially drive the cost of creation down to zero. And I think that's really the, the key thing in this industry. And the way we are competing is that we are enabling creators to go, and the reason everything in this industry looks the same is everybody's looking at the same data. If you have the same tools looking at the same data, you're going to come to the same conclusions. Creation is a discontinuity. There is no trend. There is no, it's, you don't know what you, that you want something if you don't know it exists. Mm-hmm. And that's what creators can create. And so we can have that cost of that creation to zero. We can compete against, you know, trend, you know, AI-driven design and, and all this other nonsense. You know, with, by the way, enabling these designers with, you know, we have, a, we have our own factory. We built our own factory. Um, we've got about $5 million into it um, where we make our own material. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, sew our own garments. Um, you know, everything is constructed and designed. We have built the technology infrastructure to be able to do all this. We run basically every aspect of the, of the brand for these, for these creators. But what we're doing is creating these brands that really run and, and you, know, ena- you know, enabling them to just compete not by, you know, by making, by making variety, by making styles, by, you know, doing an exclusive for every single retailer they sell to, doing, um, you know, every, every product customized if they want, every mm-hmm. product personalized if they want. And when you say bringing the cost of manufacturing down to zero, how is that? How is that possible? Cost of creation to zero. Sorry, cost of creation down to zero. How is yeah, that possible? Yeah, it'd be great if we do the cost of cross manufacturing. Um, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you, if you architect your system where you can make one, you can do it. It's not, not zero. It's, you know, it's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's practically zero. Because think about what the alternative is. The alternative is a, I've got to go buy a roll of 200 yards of fabric. Right. I've got to have someone make, um, you know, X number of units in production. I've got to make all these commitments that I go into. And then, by the way, I've got this working capital that I have. Imagine if you don't have to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Imagine if, you know, you actually don't even make it until somebody buys it. Mm-hmm. Then you can, then you can just experiment. I mean, if I want, you know, if I want to make something with, you know, naked elves flying purple unicorns, you know, you might think that's a ridiculous idea, but the truth is you don't know. Right. Nobody knows. Maybe that's the most beautiful, amazing thing. Well, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It sometimes depends on who makes it. But, but imagine having that, 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 that ability to be able to, you know, to be able to have that variety and mm-hmm. make, and not make like it is an art project, like here's a demonstration project, we did it because we can. It's, no, these are commercial products. Mm-hmm. We will sell these. 
And so what are the types of brands and designers that you're that you're working with? What stage are they at in their businesses? Where like what how big are these businesses? We have um um, our, the first brand we brought on the, on the, uh, on the platform is a brand by the name of Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, the founder of Tucker was, you know, was your, it was your archetypal, um, uh, creator, um, built a business that was, um, you know, that was, was, was $8 million in, in, in wholesale revenue, uh, had a fire in her factory and the entire thing spiraled down into bankruptcy. Mm. Um, she'd been out of business for about four years and, um, gave me a call and, it was just something about, you know, this vision for this brand that was really just intensely beautiful and amazing. And um, we chose it as our first brand to get start to restart to restart that brand as the first brand on our platform. And, um, you know, she'll do, you know, from a standing start when she came on in 2016, she'll, uh, you know, probably do around five, six million dollars in revenue this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all wholesale before. Now it's all direct to customer. Um, we we don't think it's only online. Um, our belief though, is that, you know, like I think now a lot of people are saying this is, um, you know, wholesale is, is, is not a revenue strategy. It's a, it's a brand strategy. It's how do you, how do you raise awareness for your brand? And, and mm-hmm. so, you, you know, given where the business was, there weren't a whole lot of wholesalers who were dying to take it back again because, you know, you, have, you know, once you miss a window, which you did when a factory burned down, you don't have that. So we had to start that by, by necessity. Um, second brand was, um, uh, the designers Costello Tali Pietra, who, you know, were Vogue darlings for, uh, you know, for a long time, um, had a business that, you know, continued to get accolades, but really, you know, was just sort of, you know, like a lot of designers, you know, hitting, you know, just a, a plateau level. Mm-hmm. And their vision was, we wanted to make clothes that we wear. And so they actually became a men's clothing brand from, you know, the women's, you know, a designer uh, product and um, about plaid. And it was a great example of varieties. I mean, you know, their inspiration wasn't, let's find, you know, colors that we've market tested. This is, they, their first plaid was a plaid they designed off an album that meant something to them, which was the Smith's Meat is Murder. Mm-hmm. And that was the inspiration for when we launched the brand. It was in a, um, it was in a pop-up that we did, which was, you know, we called the plaid listening tape, which was just plaids based on album covers. Mm-hmm. And that these, these artists created. And, and when you, when you see these, these plaids, it's not just looking at colors. There's a, there's a meaning, there's a resonance there. See, I made myself say it. <laughs> um, there's a, there's something that really connects. Um, and, and that's, and that's, um, uh, you know, what we're, what we're about. Um, Daniel Vosovic, um, is a third brand. Um, he's in the process of, 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 of launching where he's going. And we've got three more we haven't announced yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which will be, um, will, will go live next, um, next month. And what's interesting is two, two of the three are not designers. And I think one of the things that we really want to see with, with resonance is, is to create, you know, we look at, you know, creators are, are, are people of a vision for a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, designers, you know, have gone to school and are trained and everything. Um, not all creators are designers and not all designers are creators. And, um, and we want to take those creators who aren't designers, enable them with a platform that enables them to create something that's really, really beautiful, that's really different. And this is actually you know, one of the you know, probably early first big name female graffiti artists. Mm-hmm. And, but you talk about somebody who can create somebody with you know, this design who um, you know, now wants to make kids clothing because she's a mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think we can carry that to lots of other places. Um, you know, another brand we're in the process of launching is a, you know, a similar, you know, a similar kind of story, but you know, with a different, with a slightly different band. Right. So artists who maybe weren't designers to begin with. Yeah. And 
without this type of platform, they wouldn't know where to begin and that, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and when you say like you're launching a brand, is it partly owned by you guys? Are yeah, you we're, investors? We're always equity partners. Okay. And so we provide capital, but then we also you know, provide a, a lot of services and we provide the use of our platform. Right. Is the goal that this would become like almost a fashion brand holding group or is it like start off with us and then we'll set you free when you're ready? Um, the... You know, it's it's, it's uh, my 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 favorite quote is the uh, is by the great sage Mike Tyson who <laughs> said, um, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, right now our plan is to you know, I, I don't think the I don't think the companies the corporate structure of the future have been you know have been written yet, mm. and so we don't want to say that you know we're going to own a hundred percent. I don't want to own a hundred percent. I think when you try to hold these things, they 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 lose what they are. Maybe some we will. Um, some we won't. Maybe some will be, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go off. Our idea is that we're, we're, our goal is to create independent standalone um, brands um, that we own, that the, that the creator owns, um, that can go and be successful. Our goal is um, by, um, uh, by 2030 to have uh, 300 brands. Wow. And that's, that's a long term. That's what a 12, 12 year plan. Yeah. You think I can make it? I think so. We'll okay. see where we are in 12 years. Uh, so, and, and we, but for designers today is like, the, do they want to become like billion dollar brands? Like no. what are, what are their personal goals? They want to create. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, 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 you know, it's funny. You want to make money at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, but, but not everybody's, um, you know, Jeff Bezos. Very true. You know, and, and, and I don't think a lot, you know, there are a lot of creators who are like, you know, I am going to be a billion dollar brand. I, I, I wrote a, an article um, a few years ago, you know, said in the end of the billion dollar brand, and I have a bet that there will never be another billion dollar brand created mm-hmm. because of uh, everything is moving so fast and there's hyper segmentation that you'll never get enough. You never get enough time to stand alone to be able to do that. Maybe some things were just like, you know, Walmart will create a brand that they'll jam out through their channel, but that's not really a brand. I'm talking about, you know, like a, you know, like a, um, you know, like even like a Lululemon, I think was, I think is the last one. Um, uh, the, the, but you know, you know, people say like some of these brands, like a plaid shirt company. I mean, how, how, how big is that going to be? I don't know. I actually think it can be pretty decent size. It won't be a billion dollars. Um, you know, but our answer is always, you know, these brands should be as big as they, as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and no bigger. Um, that's the biggest problem is that people try to make these brands that maybe small, beautiful brands that you push past the size they should be and they become unprofitable, um, they become weak and they die. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a $10 million brand making $2 million in profit than a $100 million brand making $2 million in profit. Because that $10 million brand, that'll be around for a long time. That $100 million brand has one bad season. It's gone. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The creative world is constantly evolving, and to keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. Airtable is modern software. Its fields can handle any content you throw at them. Add attachments, long text notes, check boxes, links to records and other tables, even barcodes. Whatever you need to stay organized. That's why when the team at WeWork needed a tool to manage their entire creative process from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com glossy to receive $50 in free credits. Do you think that there's a new, when we look at where fashion is today and social media and you hear all about these like Instagram famous brands. Is there a new type of like brand equity that, that designers are not angling for, but could help them help sustain them that doesn't skyrocket them to unrealistic expectations? 
you know, we talk about this a lot. I mean, there may be brands that, 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 you know, go up and then come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and everybody would say, you know, if you go to a business school, I mean, you say, is this a good brand? And you have this thing where it's basically goes from like, you know, zero to some number and then back to zero. And everybody in the class will say, no, it's a terrible brand. It's a terrible idea. I said, I said, how do you know? You know, maybe your, you know, if your costs are just a fraction of that, that's actually a pretty good business. And you plan that it's going to just kind of flame out or you're going to end it on your, on your own. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think you're going to see these brands that, that come and, and go. I think the problem with some of these brands that burn really, really hot and have a lot of that, that, that almost frantic social energy and are more of a, of a thing than, you know, something that I, that I really, that I really live for. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they're going to burn too bright. And they're going to go, and I think you're going to see a lot of these who who won't who won't who who will over who will overshoot and right. then and then pull back. So internet buzz can set you up for the same poor expectations so. as like a big investment round. I think so. Well, so I mean, the, the problem with the investment round is you you know you set up you know our our, our key thing is that I mean you mentioned this before is that we build profitable businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the businesses we have you know break even really really fast because the idea is to make these things stand alone at any size revenue. But when you start building a business and you raise hundred, two hundred million dollars, you'll never be profitable mm-hmm. because you'll build a cost structure that just doesn't that doesn't support you. You'll begin to hire people who hire people who hire people, and before mm-hmm. you know it, you've got four hundred people on a business that should have forty. Right, and especially in the apparel industry, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, you know, as you're looking at at the brands that that you have at Resonance and the the industry as a whole, what do you, what would you say are like your modern brand values? Like what, what does a brand need to be today? And I think you, you alluded to a lot of them, but if you were to like drill it down to like a few main points of what you want to instill in all of these designers so they can be successful, what would they be? They have to mean something. Mm-hmm. So, so that'd be like, what, like, uh, like the brand story, like authenticity, I mean, it, it, and this is going to sound like such a corny, corny answer, but you know, what we say is that they've got to have soul. Uh-huh. There's a soul to them. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a connection to their, to their customer. It's not, you know, it's, we're agnostic. We're not trend forecasters. We don't say, oh, this is going to be big. We think that's the, you know, that's, that's the antithesis of, of embracing creation because mm-hmm. you, you don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a manifesto that's entitled, I know nothing. And the idea is that you always look at things with this open, open eye. So, I mean, what may be beautiful to you, I may think, oh, that's terrible and vice versa. Um, uh, but what, what is universally seen is that there's meaning, that there's soul, there's purpose, there's a belief, there's something that, that binds them and their customer and the people who work in that together. Mm-hmm. And I think in this world we live in where, you know, I think there's, you know, we're more and more connected, um, uh, but we are really touched by fewer and fewer people. There's a sense of belonging that's needed. And I think this is where, you know, where these small brands are shining. This is, you know, we, we're top of the food chain because we're, we're tribal. Mm-hmm. And we've lost this feeling of tribe, of community. And this is, this is it. I mean, you see it playing over and over, especially, you know, you know with sneakerheads and, you know, and, the, and the, you know, the kind of true streetwear brands. But I mean, I think this applies, you know, to, you know, to, to, to everyone, be it, you know, Lily Pulitzer to, you know, you know wherever. Mm-hmm. So, so one would be a soul, which, which I, I think when you apply it to retail, there's, you know, sometimes brand founders get a little too highfalutin, but, but I, I think I, you, I think everyone gets what it means. Like it means that you can feel good about buying something. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I'm just, I, I I'm not a big gigantic fan of just manufactured stuff. And I said, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things that, 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 that are out there in the market today. Number one, that look, you know, that, 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 you know, 
you know, look like they were born on a, on a, on a, on a business school whiteboard. And I think that's something that lacks soul, something that lacks purpose. Um, you know, there's, there's gotta be talent there. There's gotta be somebody who sees, you know, who sees something. There's gotta be a vision for, for, for something there. We want to see, you know, for us, I mean, you know, again, we're a business. We're not a, you know, we're not a social project. So we want to see a demonstrated connection to customer and the best demonstrated connection is, you know, you give me money, mm-hmm. you know, meaning, you know, you as my customer mm-hmm. give me money. Right. Um, and you know, that, 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 that proves it. Um, and you know, I mean, it, you know, again, it's kind of science hackney, but you know what, you know, no assholes. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. I mean, this is, this is really intense. This is an intense relationship with that creator. And, you know, we need people we want to, we want to be with for a few years. Right. That makes, yeah, I would imagine, uh, close quarters that you have too in the city. (laughs) So you have no, like the brain has to have a soul. What else, what else does makes a, a successful modern brand today that, that you want these brands to embody? You know, that, 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 that customer connection, which I mentioned, um, you know, is, is critical and the ability to generate, you know, the end energy, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can have the most beautiful product in the world. Um, but if you cannot connect with a customer, you can't find a way to connect with your customer. Um, um, you're not gonna have a successful business. We, we can't do that. We mm-hmm. don't, you know, it's, it's, you know, we get, I get, I get, you know, emails and, and, uh, uh DMS all the time saying, you know, you know, um, uh, you know, gee, I'd love to talk to you about my brand. I said, well, you know, do you have any, you know, do you have any customers? And like, no, I'm like, well, you know, give me a call when you get customers. Right. And they said, well, how can I get customers if I don't have any money or help to be able to get a brand? And my obnoxious answer, which I don't mean it to be obnoxious is it's not my problem. Right. You know, figure that out. It's magic to me. I don't right. know, but <laughs> if you can do something, we can do more of it, mm-hmm. but we can't, you know, anything times zero is zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good start. Um, and I think when you talk about the customer connection, do you think that that today, like, how often should a designer or a brand be releasing new products? Like, I feel like that falls into like the customer connection question. Like, how often are you like people love newness? Like, that's what everyone says. And people are distracted so easily. And if you're going quiet, except for two times a year, that kind of feels like an old model. Yeah, well, I think the I think that 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 quiet you know, two times a year is certainly an old model, but it's, it's, it may be perfect for, uh, for the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each brand is going to be different than, you know, that frequency. I think there, you know, there are some that, you know, maybe you make a new product every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, maybe it's once a year, you know, this whole move of slow fashion. Um, um, my, you know, I, I think the big problem with the twice a year is the, is the, is the, is just the way it's that nine months that, mm-hmm. that happened. I mean, the big problem with, you know, when, when, you know, when I talk about how, you know, you could have this, 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 this inspiration tonight and be selling it tomorrow. Uh, it's like, well, what if you want to slow things down? I, I said, well, you know, you missed the point, which is not that it's not that we're saying speed it up. We're just saying, and you can maybe say things once a year, but you know, imagine if, you know, if, 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 if I had to give you my answers for every question you're going to ask nine months from now, mm-hmm. You know, how would I know what you're going to ask me? Right. And this is what this is what designers are asked to do. And so, how do you how do you feel something? And the essence of creation is expression is you express what you feel at this moment. And in a time where everything is moving so quickly, that that relevancy is really important. So, long winded answer saying it should happen. You know, it should happen as as often as the creator feels, as the creator and 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 her customer feels. It should happen because mm-hmm. I don't think um, you know releasing new collections more often throughout the year necessarily has to mean producing more stuff. Just no. maybe breaking it up and, and keeping things in season. And so, and and what you guys are building is that like 
how quick is the production cycle or is it how fast can it be? I guess is the question. Our goal is by June 30th. Now I'll, I'll say it now get hung on my own words is <laughs> that, um, you buy something on Monday, it's on your desk, it's on your doorstep on Friday and, when, and, it, and it hasn't been created. It hasn't been, so it's pretty it much instantaneous how, until you've done it. There's no material. There's nothing until that point. And I feel like you're going to be like, this is what we've been talking about the whole time, but how does that scale? Really hard. Um, <laughs> Um, no, I mean, our, we, we call our architecture units of one, which is the whole purpose of this is to make is to make one as efficiently as a thousand. And by the way, I mean, there's a lot of really kind of neat benefits of making one as efficiently as a thousand because our architecture is now around making one, whereas this industry has been built on big batches. Mm-hmm. Big batches cause big chunks of pollution. Big batches cause lots of waste. Big batches cause long cycles. Um, this changes everything. And so we can make something where there's no waste, mm-hmm. almost. Um, we recycle the waste. We should be able to recycle everything. We can have zero water footprint. Um, you know, we use you know, these, these digital printers, which will make things that you would not be able to tell the difference on any natural fabric, um, uh, silk, cotton, wool, you know, hemp, um, any, you know, any, any natural fiber-based synthetic like a rayon. Um, uh, uh, as and, and you know, as as color fast and as quality as as anything, but with a fraction of the of the you know of the of of the impact. Mm-hmm. And by the way, because we're making one, I can prove to you that how that was made. I can I can I can actually verify how 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 sustainably it was made. I can tell you exactly how many pixels of ink were put on it, how much water was used on it, um, who made it, what day they made it. By the way, here's a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, since so I'm making, that's true transparency. It is, it is the ultimate transparency. Yeah, you seem to be alluding to the fact that not every brand that says it's transparent actually is. <gasps> no. <laughs> really? What? Really? Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know You're that. You're blowing I, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, but, but yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that, you know, the trouble with, you know, this, this whole greenwashing thing is, is it, is it is bullshit? Mm. Um, a lot of cases. I mean, it's not bullshit. I mean, I think there's intention there, but you know, if you can't prove it, you can't do it. And so we want to be able to prove 100, percent or at least as much as we can, and give you transparency into what we what we can do. But it also helps because now you know one of the things that we want to every product and every product we do will be customized or personalized. But you can have every product as a creator you want. If you wanted to do like a Nike ID for apparel, great mm-hmm. inline. Um, I'm the first customer for JCR t-shirts on their uh, custom business. Every one of my shirts is made exactly for me and they fit really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it enables, it enables, uh, you know, things to, that, that you, that you have to, that I think are the future of this industry that are, that are, that are impossible to do when you're making big batches. Right. And you know, we talk about personalization all the time and, and customization and, I don't, it doesn't seem like brands have really figured out what that means. Cause when you say personalization, it could mean anything from when you pull up a website, the items are assorted in a way that seem most relevant to you, or it could mean, yeah. you know, that's an individual item that you're, that you're wearing and it was made for you. And it's, um, uh, and in, and in manufacturing, um, and, and by the way, I mean, I think on the front end, but you know, the personalization of experiences is, is going to be, you know, is, is certainly going to be critical. And I think right. that'll be easier to adapt because there are, there are a lot of, there are a lot of tools and technology you'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the back end, it's, it's hard. I, I think, you know, for us, the definition of personalization is, you know, within non-fit within parameters. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can choose to make this with a, you know, with a blue cuff rather than, you know, a green cuff. Um, I'm pointing to my shirt. Um, you know, and so, you know, within those kind of things where, you know, you know, the trouble with, you know, when you have full customization where you can just sort of make everything. First off, what, what is the role of the creator? Right. People um, don't know. They, it's decision paralysis. Yeah, it is. It is the tyranny of choice. It's also the the tyranny of no talent, <laughs> um, because a lot of people don't have talent. Yeah. But you know, for us, you know, the customization is is fit. And and the big thing with fit about you know, but basically having you know an, an infinite grade for your for your clothing mm-hmm. is, you know, and and this is why you know you have all the the custom shirt companies and everything is the biggest problem with fit is that shape does not equal measure. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have people who are very differently shaped with the same measurements. And so shape is the hurdle that we're, we're getting over. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're talking about your, your 12 year plan. When you look back at like the most recent wave of, of big brands and big fashion designers, do you see that happening again? Like, well, or is this model that resonance is planning out and, and we're all sort of on the cusp of as, you know, or everyone's saying the fashion industry is broken. We're at this big reckoning, um, well, but nobody's doing anything about right, it. Right, everyone's just right. sort of, ah, for years, literally. <laughs> uh, we look back at, you know, when, you know, Tommy Hilfiger, Diane von Furstenberg, Ralph Lauren, all of the big designers that we now know and are now struggling to to figure out what to do next and how to stay relevant. Like, what what's the what's going to, like, really define American fashion next? Well, I mean, you know, we're certainly putting our mouth, you know, our mouth, our money where our mouth is, um, which is it's about it's about creation. I think I think I, I uh, this is you know creation and invention. Uh, sorry to sound like a jingoistic, um, you know, American. Mm-hmm. I, I think is one of the most in, in, in inherently wonderful American values, and I think this could usher in a you know a golden age where it isn't just you know, um, you know, from, you know, from, from, from Paris and Milan and, you know, the real creation and, and design. Um, and, 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 but, you know, maybe, I mean, I think this is going to be a global thing. And I think we're going to start seeing things from, you know, from, you know, certainly places we've never seen creation, um, uh, before, but I think there's also an opportunity for that creation to be coming from non-typical creators here in the U S you don't have to be a Parsons grad. I mean, you know, you know, the kid who started streetwear was, you know, probably sitting, you know, on a, on a street corner in South Philly or, you know, or Chicago, mm-hmm. um, not, you know, not, not, you know, studying, you know, at a design school. And how do you get those, those kids and those people with that vision to be able to be the, you know, those, you know, those creators, I think that's, I think that's going to, you know, drastically change this, you know, this, this, this whole dynamic of this industry of changing that definition of creator. Um, the second thing I think we have to realize is that, is that, why why this industry is about to change is that when things change it's because your strengths suddenly become your weaknesses you know mm. they don't come because somebody comes and is better nobody's going to be better at at um you know uh um you know than zara at making you know lots of cheap shit and putting it out throughout the world mm-hmm. but i think zara is really vulnerable because what's going to happen is somebody's going to be able to do it even faster, but do it smaller mm-hmm. and do it more connected and do it better. And they're going to take those big kind of, you know, I'm going to have this big integrated, you know, supply chain and be able to, you know, assemble different different capabilities, you know, uh, around the world dynamically. When you think about, you know, the, I mean, just, I mean, to geek out on technology for a second, everybody, you know, is, is when you talk about, you know, fashion tech, you want to talk about like, you know, a, a ring that lights up when you're happy or something. I mean, which is just stupid. The real fashion tech mm-hmm. is how are your infrastructure? Right. You know, the systems that run companies, 
I you know, the most recent ones, like the new kids on the block are 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you how do you have an infrastructure that doesn't r- understand the concept of, you know, of, 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 you know, you know, ubiquitous connectivity on an internet, you know, um, you know, uh, the, these cloud services that are, that are offered where, you know, unlimited storage, unlimited processing power, um, you know, AI, um, blockchain, I mean, all these different things have, and, you know, these technologies are coming available. I mean, you, when you're, you know, uh, Ralph Lauren, you're building a data center, well, you've got more access to a data center right now than Ralph Lauren does. It's called Amazon Web Services. Yeah. You know. So when you think about the you know the strengths becoming your weaknesses, and you look at at brands like Ralph Lauren, and that whole you can name a, a ten lo- ten brand long list of, that are all in the same place where they're trying yeah. to figure out data. Like, what would what do you think? What was the weakness that that was their strength? Like, was it this like I'm gonna, big person I'm gonna, at the top? It's no, I mean, but, but no, because it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it worked. worked. It just changes. And so now you have an industry where, you know, dominance is about, I own, I own you know, geographic aggregation of customer. Uh-huh. Right? I own stores. And right. I have them all over. And I'm really oh, great stores places. stores are a big weakness well, guess now. what? I don't, you know, the idea of going and buying something and having to lug it around all day. I'd rather just buy it online. Or when I go, I want to, I, if I'm going to a store, I want to have a different kind of experience. Well, maybe mm-hmm. that changes the number of stores. It changes the type of stores. I mean, so again, where you were really good, mm-hmm. now you're no longer good. Right. You know, where now, you know, you could kind of, you know, you know, with this triumvirate of, you know, big media, um, big retail and big brand kind of own the market. Well, guess what? Nobody gives a shit what 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 Anna Wintour says mm-hmm. about 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 where this is where this market is going. Right, and no one and the brand heritage and that prestige and the brand cachet kind of doesn't matter as much anymore either. At least with the younger customers. Yeah, I I, I you know it would be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think these brands matter mm-hmm. um, because they're kind of a symptom of of everything that they've inherited in this in this planet. You know, kind of. Overborn, brutish, powerful excess. Right. And yeah. so, you know, we're kind of living that in the White House right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I think there's that, that stark reminder is, you know, is there. So I mean, so is there going to be another manifestation of brand that is going to be built around, you know, these values and these attributes and, and these kind of, you know, this infrastructure, I think, that's going to be available that will change everything? I, mm-hmm. I don't know. So if you're a designer, is the bar for success higher or lower? Hmm, I don't, I, I, the bar for success, um, well, first off, I think it's brutally more competitive. Right. And the truth is, you know, everything's, wow, I can just put up a, a, a website and, you know, I can be selling my product. Yeah, so can everybody else. Right, so the barrier and for entry is lower. Barrier for entry is lower, but now how do you stand out? Mm-hmm. How do you, and then, and then how do you execute? How do you get the tools to, you know, to, 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 to build a business? And so I think it is a coming golden age, but I think it's harder mm-hmm. for an individual. I think, I think it's tougher. So to leave off, where else do you want to be in 2030? Where is fashion going to be? If you had to describe it really quick. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will reflect an amazing, incredible present at that point, which I hope we are able to get to by surviving the next 12 years as a, as a global society, which is completely dependent on each other. How's that for kind of a Miss America answer? <laughs> um, but, um, uh, I, um, I, uh, I, I think the, I think we're going to be facing a different, a different, different world and I'm an optimist. So you think we'll at least still be here? I do. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Lawrence, for coming in. I enjoyed it. All right. And thank you for listening. Special thanks to our producer, Aditi Sangal. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play and leave us any feedback you have.